them that make merry, and I will multiply them, and they shall not be few. I will also glorify them, and they shall not be small. Hallelujah. Out of them shall proceed what? Thanksgiving. And the voice of them that make merry, and I will multiply them, and they shall not be few. I want to remind you this morning that God is a God of multiplication. God is a God of increase. And if I am stagnating in some area of my life, and I'm not making progress, then it is time for me to go before the Lord and examine my heart and check to see what is going on in my life. Is it a time of training? Is it a time where I have been, become slack in God? Is it a time when I've become very complacent about life and about my pursuit after God and have dropped everything down and other things have occupied my heart other than God? Where do I stand? Because I want all of us to understand that this is the year what? 2021. Now how if increase is not showing up in your life, in your spiritual walk with God, in your, in your family life, in your own personal growth, in knowledge, in peace, in joy, influence, Connections. If you don't see this happening, something is wrong. And you know you can pull along in life. For example, you're running a car. There can be some little things that can begin to affect the movement or the running of the car, but it'll still, still run. And you can keep running and keep running until one day it'll completely break down and then there's a huge expense involved in getting it fixed again. But if you're sensitive enough and you immediately attend to it, there's a saying that says, a stitch in time, that's right. That means we have to become cognizant about where we stand in life in the Lord. Because God's desire is for us to increase and multiply because out of that and through that, He is revealed to the world and His name is glorified. It is not for self-glorification. It is not for me to boast. It's not for me that I can build my own empire and build my own kingdom. But through what God is doing in my life, I have a testimony to the world to say, Hey, look, this is what the Lord has done. And this is the God that I worship. And I can tell you assuredly, it is not my intellect. It's not my expertise. It's not anything about me. But it's all God. Because He said, I will multiply you. And I will increase you. Look what he said, they shall not be few. Amen? Look at this. I will multiply them and they shall not be few. Whatever we are involved in, whether in church life, whether in ministry, whether in business, whether in whatever, you know, and regarding your own family, regarding your own uh, pursuit in life, wherever you are, there has to be increase. If we are where we were last year at the same time, you're stagnating, which means what? There is a problem. Let's identify the problem. How is your prayer life? Has it improved? Has it become better? How is your intimacy with God? Have you grown deeper in your relationship with God? Can you hear God better than you heard Him last year? Where do you stand? What is your involvement? What is going on with my life? Is the question I need to ask myself. That's why it's so important to take some time off from everybody.
including your family, and get alone with God. And not just for a couple of hours, sometimes a couple of days, and even sometimes even more, to sit down and examine. To see what's going on in my life. Why is there no progress? Why is it that I'm not seeing the increase? I'm confessing increase. I said I believe increase. I believe in the word, but why is it not working? Let's not become religious people who try to defend the truth but never experience the truth. Religious people defend the truth but never experience the truth. I remember the days when I was not even born again. And I was among some friends, and uh, I went to church with my mother and dad, and uh, I, you know, I don't know, but I had a love for Jesus. I loved God. I mean, uh, that's to the extent that I knew. I had a, uh, I, uh, you know, I did not, I could not tolerate or get involved or compromise even in those days to do anything that was non, or, you know, non-Christian or something that displeases God. I would not go into a temple. I would not go and bow to anything. I would not compromise. I would not even eat what was offered to idols, even before I was born again. And I remember there was a day when there was some argument among friends and, and other colleagues, and I became so mad. You know, I, I could not tolerate when they talked to something against the Lord. I, def- I was defending the faith, but not experiencing the faith. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So many of us, we we believe we can preach prosperity, but we live in poverty and lack. We believe in healing, but we live in sickness. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. And if we don't take the time to expose our hearts and let the Holy Spirit search and reveal what is inside us so that the tuning can be done. How many know cars have to be tuned? right? Our, we have to be tuned. In the spirit, we have to be tuned. In our soul, we have to be tuned. In our bodies, we've been, we have to be tuned. Being successful in one area and losing in another area is not the kind of blessing that we're talking about, where people can amass a lot of wealth, but while they're building their empire, while they're building their brand, while they're making the money, they're losing their family. That's not the prosperity that God's talking about. He wants to see increase and multiplication in every aspect of your life. You can be an excellent officer in the government, working hard for the government, and have lots of accolades and stuff, but while you're working so hard, you're losing your health. That's not what we're talking about. It is vain to wake up early and go to sleep and not see any results late. God gives his sleep to to the blessed. God blesses us. So this morning, I want to remind you from Scripture. Look at this. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. Wait, look up. He said, and God blessed them. The result of the blessing is the manifestation of increase. The result of the blessing is the manifestation of walking in dominion and subduing everything that's coming against my destiny. It could be a demonic force. It could be a challenge from certain quarters. Whatever it is, God has blessed me to dominate and subdue it so that I can fulfill my destiny. Come on, child of God. None of you has been born without a purpose. 
and none of you is without a destiny. But the problem is, many of us do not know the purpose and do not understand destiny. People want to live for popularity. They're craving for popularity and fame. That's why they always check how many likes do they have on Facebook. You were not born for popularity, you were born for impact. Popularity will die when you die. Impact will live beyond you. Come on, church. I pray God will speak to us today. That we will become people who seek after his face. Not for money. Not for wealth. Not for fame. But just to know him. So that he can flow through us and impact humanity. Our lives. Our businesses. Our professionalism. Our call. Whatever we do, it has to bring an impact. It has to change the way people think. It has to draw people into the kingdom. It has to birth a fire in the bellies of people to draw nigh unto God and say, God, I need you. I am nothing without you, Lord. I can do nothing. Jesus himself said, you can do nothing without me in the book of John chapter 15. But the Bible says in Paul writing, he says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. What does he mean when he says, I can do all things? It doesn't mean that I can be an engineer next day. What it means, I believe, is this. I can do everything in the line of my call to fulfill my destiny. Whatever I have to do, whatever is needful to fulfill my destiny and my purpose, I can do with his help. Because I've been born with a purpose. If you're an engineer, you must be the best engineer. People should go after you looking for you. As anointed as Moses was, when time came for him to build the tabernacle, he went looking for a man. Is that right? Because God's spirit was put on him to beautify the temple. What was his name? Bezaliel, right. So you must become a Bezaliel. When the spirit of God came, a shepherd became a king. What are you? Don't try to be jack of all trades. You've been called for a purpose. Master it. Read books. What did I talk about on Friday? Develop your spirit, develop your soul, and develop your body. Every part of man is important in the eyes of God. So if you know your calling is to be a worshiper or to be a musician, get to the topmost levels you can with his anointing. Not to boast, not to compete, but to glorify his name. My goal should not be that when I sing or when I play the instruments, everybody appreciates what I do. My goal should be when I sing, when I play the harp, God should be glorified and the devil should be terrified. I carry the presence of God. I have to see increase in my life because he said, God bless them. You are a candidate for the blessing of God because you're born again because of what the blood of Jesus done for you. But now I cannot just callously sit back and just live a religious life and say, well, God bless me. I'm going to be okay. No. You've got to pursue him 
so that his blessing will rest upon you. You don't pursue God for the blessing. You pursue God for who he is and the blessings manifest on your life. As, what did I say? God is a God of multiplication and God is a God of increase. Look at this. In um, Genesis chapter 17, verse 2, he says, I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. Hallelujah. Can I remind you this morning? Multiplication and increase is a covenant issue. It's not a prayer issue. It's a covenant issue. But how can you walk in the covenant if you don't know or understand the covenant? Because you know, and I, I've been saying it so many times over here, that you have to become aware. And you have to learn. And you have to know what the covenant demands of you and I. Every promise is conditional. Why? Because it's a covenant. If you will hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and be diligent to observe, to do what he's told you in, according to the commandment, he said, then I will bless you. Don't be negligent. Just because you're soaring high now does not mean you can sustain that level if you're not careful to know what brought you to that level. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. So many times what happens is we do several things. We tithe, we pray, we're sincere, and slowly but surely God's hand begins to favor you and he begins to lift you up. But once you come to that place, you begin to become negligent and complacent. And now you think, it's me. And what you used to do to get to that place, you neglect. Let me tell you, success is not just achieving something. Success is to maintain that position. So when you get there, don't neglect to pray. When you get there, Remember what were the things you did to get to that place and keep doing it to sustain that. Amen. So I'm reminding you this morning that God's word which promises increase and multiplication is based on a covenant. He said, Abraham, I'm making a covenant with you. I will bless you. I will increase you. I will multiply you. Look at chapter 22 and verse 17. That in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed. As the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the sea shore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Why did he do this? Because he had not withheld his only son. He was walking and meeting the demands of the covenant. When God not only speaks to us through his word, God also speaks to us by his spirit. We've we got to be careful to know when he speaks to us and be instantly obedient. Don't give excuses. The longer you wait in obeying God, the longer, you, the longer it takes to fulfill the word and the promise. It is not God who delays the fulfillment of the promise. It's you and I that delay it. 
Our disobedience can delay the process. But if I'm willing and submissive to God, and I'm instantly obedient, I now become a candidate that can receive what God has promised. Say amen. In Genesis 26 verse 4, he says, I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven and give unto thy seed all these countries. Now this is God talking to Isaac. He says, I will make thy seed to multiply. This morning, I am stressing and I'm praying that God will open your eyes to see that you will not buy into the lie of the devil that you cannot and you will not succeed in life. Because of I'm saying this is the gospel. Despite all negative experiences, despite all negative circumstances, despite not having enough and your background not being all that good and whatever disadvantages you might have had in life, despite all that, I want to remind you the gospel. The gospel is Jesus Christ, the Lord Almighty. And he can break loose and set you free from every kind of bondage the devil has been holding you back. And he can give you the advantage to overrun over and, and carry on and move forward to excel in everything that God has called you. Somebody say amen. Don't sit there and start blaming everybody and anybody and every situation and circumstances and say, if only I had that. If only my, I had money. If only I had better parents. If only I had better brothers. If only somebody gave me some money. If only, if only, that is what is stopping you from moving into your destiny. The devil always wants you to be irresponsible. God wants you to be responsible. Take responsibility and say, God, despite all the disadvantages, my advantage is you. You are my advantage. You can pick me from the ashes. You can pick me from the dunghill and place me on the throne. Hallelujah to Jesus. God is no respecter of persons. He made the one that sits in the ash and he made the one that sits on the throne. And he said he can bring somebody down from the throne to the dust. Don't forget what he did with Nebuchadnezzar. He became an animal for seven years. My friend, God is not a joke. God is not somebody that cracks jokes. For the sake of having fun at the expense of you suffering in life. No. God loves you so much. He's serious about love. He loves you so much that he died for you. Not that, just you, that you will just get to heaven. But while you are here, you're working with him to create heaven on earth. That means you are working to help humanity, not just make yourself rich. Not just so that your entire focus is, how can I increase my wealth? How can I grow richer? How can I drive better cars? How can I drive, fly better airplanes? How can I, well, listen to me. All those should be added. Those are not supposed to be pursued. I'm not against them and God is not against them. All the comforts that are in, in life, all the good things in life were made for God's people, not for the devil's people. So I'm not against them. I'm not preaching against riches. I'm not preaching against living comfortable life. But that should never become the pursuit of your life. 
The pursuit of life should be to glorify his name. The pursuit of our life should be to reveal Jesus. The pursuit of our life should be to glorify Jesus. And while we glorify the Lord by enlightening people and bringing them into the kingdom and helping them to discover their destiny and walk into the fullness that God has called them, that's when all these things will come and locate you. Because God is looking at the heart. He said, Samuel, you're looking at the stature of the guy. You're looking at the experience. I know you're looking at the first son of Jesse. He's in the army. He's serving Saul. And you think he's the most qualified. No, sir. You look on the outside, but I look on the inside. Eli was a man of God who was the priest in the house in Shiloh. And a young kid came to serve in the temple. He was at the beck and call of Eli. He was not in any of the official positions. He was just a cleaner under training. Not even a cleaner, cleaner under training or a janitor under training. But when God looked at his heart, his spirit jumped over the lineage of Eli and said, I found my man. I found the next prophet. That when he opens his mouth, not one word will drop to the ground. I will speak through him and the children of Israel will be blessed. See, when God anoints somebody, it's not for me, it's not for us. It's always for God's glory and for God's people and for the people at large. Get, you know, one of the serious prayers we need to pray is, God, deliver me from self-centeredness. Deliver me from selfishness. This is not a journey for self-glorification. This is a journey for God-glorification. What an honor to be used of God that His name may be glorified. My friend, don't look for popularity on earth. Look for popularity in heaven. There was a meeting in heaven and all the great men, the angels were attending and along came Satan. And in, in heaven, with all the great leaders and whoever God anointed and appointed over there, along with the cherubims and along with Michael and, and um, you know, Gabriel and others, the 24 elders, God opens his mouth and says, my servant Job. Wow. If only he can mention my name in heaven. That's for eternity. Although Job seems to be written in our Bible, in the middle of the Bible, it's one of the first books that was ever written. Nobody knows the real author, but Job knew the author, the heavenly author. My friend, let church no longer be just church. Let it be a place of encounter. I don't want any one of us to become complacent and rest where you are. We have to become people that are passionate for the things of God. The blessing of Abraham was a blessing of increase. We talked about how God blessed Abram, how he blessed Isaac, how he blessed Jacob. Now watch this. In Genesis 28, now here, 
Isaac is releasing the blessing of Abraham on his son Jacob. And he's telling them, telling him, go from this place. Don't marry anybody from this place. Go to your uncles. And then he releases a blessing. He says, look at this. And God Almighty bless thee. I don't know how I can explain myself, but there is tremendous there is a great connection between obedience and blessing. Obedience opens the door for the blessing of God to manifest. But for Jacob to become a recipient of the Abrahamic blessing, he had to obey the instruction of his father. Many times, every generation thinks that their father and their mother are old-fashioned. What do they know about life? So, Everything that the parents tell them, they begin to question. And they begin to think that's irrelevant and that was related to their generation, but not, does not apply to this generation. That is how the world thinks. I was astounded to read yesterday in a place, in one place where it said, believers are the enemies of humanity. That's what is being propagated now in the world. Believers are the enemies to humanity because we are stopping them from their agenda because they think it's old-fashioned to be straight. You have to be gay. And it's the church that's saying, no! It's so old-fashioned that it was prevalent only in the Garden of Eden. But you've got to be progressive. That's what they call themselves. My friend, God never changes, right? His word never changes. I am not supposed to preach opinions. I'm supposed to preach the word. God does not give the liberty to preachers to preach their opinions. But I'm supposed to preach what he said because the power is in what he said, not in what man said. Obey your parents. He said... And God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee. Glory be to God. It is the heart of God for his children to multiply, to increase. Beloved, above all, I wish that thou mayest prosper and be in hell even as thy soul prospereth. Do you realize that to live the blessed and a prosperous life in God 
It is not enough just to go to church once a week. But you need to become students and disciples of Jesus Christ. Disciples of the word. You've got to understand the covenant. You have to understand what is demanded of you and comply to those demands and walk in the light that God is showing you. Why do you come to church? What is the reason you are here this morning? Is it so that you can say, well, it's Sunday, I've got to be in church, I've got to be in church? Or is it because God, throw light, open my heart so I can see more clearly, so that you can deal with me and tune me and change me and transform me and renew my thinking so I can align myself with the way you think, Lord. Because when I position myself in the Lord in that manner, I now become the candidate who can receive what the promises are, what God has promised. Amen? So what did he say? Last week we were saying this. He said, seek ye what first? Not your career. There are people today, for the sake of their career, they're broken marriages. I'm not kidding. They love their career so much that they're willing to live apart. Separated and even divorced. For the sake of their career, they're willing to leave their child their wife or their husband behind and go thousands of miles away not knowing when they will see them again. It's sad, my friend. You, if you don't understand purpose in life and you don't have God involved in your life, your life will never see the day of the blessing of God in your life. I know a family that some time back was in our church. A young couple. They got married, and he left when she was pregnant, I think, with a one-way ticket to another country which is supposed to be heaven. In many people's mind, it is, because the grass always looks greener on the other side, not knowing when he'll come back. Listen to me carefully. God never intended two people to get married to live apart. It can be seasons, just a few days, maybe a week, but not for too long. He, he went away, and she brought, brought forth a son. And he talked to, he ne, the child never saw and never felt the touch of the father. All he saw was on the video. He chatted with him on the video, hoping that one day he will meet his family. I hope he hoped. I don't know what his intentions were. It's not a nice story you want to hear. He never saw his wife and his son again, but he died. That's not the blessing of God. You know, when you are married and you live apart like that for too long, your mind becomes a devil's workshop. Idle mind. And so many of them start setting up what they call the second home. And they have people to comfort them. 
It's not the Holy Ghost, by the way. Did you get what I said? That's not the blessing of God. But God said, seek ye first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. The pursuit of my life, glory to God, is not just to make myself happy, make myself rich in my own strength. God said he will make me rich. Let him do it. But he said, you know what? Your role is not to try to make yourself rich. Your role is to serve me. Seek me and my purposes and seek to fulfill your destiny and all these things shall be added unto you. Praise God. Hallelujah. All these things. Whatever you're really working hard for, whatever you're sweating to earn, whatever you're doing to skip church so you can become rich, because that client is more important than worshiping God. Come on, church. Where is our heart? While I'm, let me tell you, the, the Bible says the word of God is a double-edged sword. So while I'm talking to you, it's cutting me as well. Where is your heart? I'm not pointing my finger at you. While I'm pointing one finger at you, three fingers are pointing at me. So this question I'm asking myself. Who are we seeking? What are we seeking in life? What is the person? Sit down. In the quietness of, and being lonely in the presence of God, examine your heart. Let him search. And when he reveals, it's not because he's condemning you. He's bringing it to the surface so you can say, Lord, I'm sorry. Realign me, please. Don't try to give excuses and don't try to justify it when it rises up in the heart and you know this is something and you know it's not right. Don't say, Lord, I did this because of that. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I began to seek after things. I began to go after this. I began to go after that. And I began to give, neglect the things of God. Neglect prayer. I used to pray for two hours. Now I pray hardly for two minutes. I used to read ten chapters, but now I hardly read ten verses. I used to serve in the church, Lord. Now I don't even have time to go to church. What's happening? What's happening? Hey, am I saying you're sinning? No, I'm saying you're disqualifying yourself from receiving the multiplication and increase to show up in your life. I'm not saying you'll go to hell. I'm not saying you're going to burn in fire, in the fire, lake of fire. I'm saying you are disqualifying yourself and walking away from what God wants to pour in your life. Let the fire begin to increase. Let the flame begin to grow. Let the desire increase. Lord, what more can I do for you? How can I be involved? What can I do, Lord, so that my life can be counted? And one day in heaven, when the books are open and things are read about me, they say, this is what she did. This is what he did for my glory. And all heaven stands up and claps. Because God is glorifying you now. God is honoring you because you honored him. Don't always reduce the blessings of God to money. Anything you push forward will push you forward. Every time you advance the kingdom, your destiny is advanced. Every time you advance the kingdom, your destiny is advanced. I want you to go home, sit down and say, Lord, what am I doing to advance your kingdom?
Oh, I go to church. Really? Is that for God's glory or is it for your benefit? Oh, I type. Really? Is that for God's glory or is it so that you can be under the covering of God so the enemy cannot steal from you? What? Tithing is not even supposed to be treated as something you give to God. It's a gratitude offering. Now you give over and above that to say, this is Lord, my appreciation and my thanksgiving. I want to use this to build the kingdom. I offer my time. I offer my talent. What are you offering? Except for the money that you offer in the offering bag here. What are you offering? He offered his life for you and I. And you stand here and have the audacity to lift your hands up and say, Lord, I love you. Really, liar? Sorry, I'm trying, I'm, I don't mean to be harsh, but I'm trying to expose the truth. Sometimes the truth can be harsh. I love you with everything. Really, you, know, you can't even come to church on time. Starts at 8.30 and you're here by 9.45. So you can get the blessing and get out. How much do you love him? Amen? Look. Putting God first in the affairs of your life is very important. You can't put God first and end up last in life. You can't carry God on your head and end up as the tail. You can't carry God on your head and end up as the tail. He said, you will inherit houses that you did not build. Somebody is laboring and building a house for you. Everybody wants, right? But are you willing to serve God and labor for his kingdom? Because that's what will qualify for you to inherit what somebody else has built, thinking it's for them, but God is transferring it to you. I pray that God would really challenge you. When you go home today, I want seriously, my friend, let's deal with this religious lifestyle and say, Lord, enough is enough. I really want to be blessed to see increase in every area of my life. First and foremost in my intimacy with you, in knowing you, and in serving you.